Tucker Carlson, because who isn't talking about Tucker Carlson? Our main topic tonight, keep your freaking hands off our kids. You don't screw with people's kids, number one rule. And they are threatening jail time on censorship. Seriously, we'll talk about that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show Hello, happy Wednesday. Yeah, we're, uh, we're almost done here on the other side of the planet with Wednesday. Over there in America, you are just uh, kind of starting your day, uh, just about 10 o'clock in the morning. And we are live on Rumble.com, our exclusive live stream on Rumble. Over there, right down below here is a follow button. If you wouldn't mind, please take one half a second and go click, click, and uh, click on that follow button. It really helps the show out a lot. We appreciate it. We're getting hundreds of views, and we really do appreciate that. We don't pretend to be something we're not. We're not the biggest live stream on the planet. But we're doing okay, and we, uh, we're all right. Hey, protect your online activity with the easiest and the best VPN, that is NordVPN. If you use our special link down in the show notes, you will get an amazing deal, 59% off for three months. That's huge. NordVPN. All right, let's get right into it and check out the latest update on our favorite furry little friend. We do this every show, and that is Miko. And the Miko update. She's doing great. She's, <laughs> I'm going to explain this video in just a minute. But uh, yeah, we had a, a good couple of walks today. Uh, my other half is uh, out of town, so uh, it's all on me. I'm <sighs> up early in the morning, back out again at night, trying to avoid the thunder and the rain. And we did have a nice thunderstorm here this afternoon. So uh, yeah, but we could use it because it has been hot not just hot scorching hot even miko has been beside herself trying to get cool there have been places i understand in bangkok and a lot of other places just north of us where they actually have a heat warning they've warned people to stay indoors drink lots of water and the temperature in celsius has been up in the 50s 51 52 degrees celsius that is obscene it's unheard of Anyway, she's doing really great. Let me play this for you. It's a, uh, I think I put this on my Instagram or my Facebook. I forget which. But yeah, this is Miko getting a little face massage. And we added some filter to it. I don't know what the crap is. Uh, oh, there you go. Great pose, huh? <laughs> Miko with her reindeer ears, which of course would be my hands. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's the Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com slash Miko. BarkBox is a monthly subscription service you get for your dog. They will love it. I promise you there's a satisfaction, 100% satisfaction guarantee. Every month delivered right to your door is a box full of goodies, two bags of treats, two toys, and a dog chew. Enough to get you through a whole month. The toys will just pile up. They're fantastic toys. They got squeakies. They've got crinkly spots. All kinds of cool toys. Every month, a new theme. And if you sign up for a multi-month subscription, you can just get one month if you want. Check them out. You'll be back. Or you go to six months, 12 months, subscription service. Every month, a new box comes to your door. If you sign up using our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you will get 
a free month, a month for free, using our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Thank you, BarkBox, for sponsoring this part of the Miko update. Actually, they sponsor the whole Miko update. All right. Uh, we got lots going on today, and uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. But we've got to start off with this, because who isn't talking about it? Um, Tucker Carlson, if you didn't know already, is out. Why is Mike? Why do I look like I'm slunked down here? Let me sit up for a minute, okay? I don't know what happened to that camera. Anyway, Carlson's willingness to question the dominant narratives made him an enemy of the powerful establishment. Now, I just on Twitter saw some a few people posted uh, footage of Tucker with his wife out in a golf cart having the time of his life, which I am quite sure he is. And his options are endless right now. Whatever he's going to do next, <clears throat> who cares? It'll be great, whatever it is. And he has just about all the options open to him. Uh, Tucker Carlson said in a speech uh, just before he ended his contract, or Fox ended his contract. The truth is contagious. Friday night, outside of Washington, D.C., at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary, the more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. And as you, I'm sure, have heard by now, Carlson's left Fox News on Monday. A lot of course, crazy speculation as to why uh, they talk about BlackRock, who owns uh, Dominion, a big percentage of Dominion that sued Fox, who is owned by a huge percentage from uh, BlackRock. So basically, they sued themselves. Yeah, that's probably something you didn't know or haven't heard about yet. You will. This idiot moron, probably the dumbest person in Congress, AOC, thrilled with the Fox move, saying uh, she posted a video saying that deplatforming works. She's such a freaking communist. Here, look at this. At Fox News, couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats not just to my office but to plenty of people across the country um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled and then you see like the villains like hand Reemerge out to clip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. You have a nice day. This idiot. Seriously. Just exactly like this person who posted the video said, no conservative voices are acceptable to the left. None. They are totalitarians. Unbelievable. I, uh, the sooner this fool is out of Congress the better. Anyway, Tucker's doing great. No problem. He will go on to succeed. He will have even probably a more spectacular career because I'm sure wherever he winds up next, the gloves will be completely off. So, uh, yeah. Um, you know what? I put that link in our, our show notes tonight. That is the, uh, the second post. It's, it's an article from the post millennial and it's about, uh, what you just saw. Um, 
AOC smugly celebrating Carlson's exit from Fox, deplatforming works, and it's important. If you want to read more about that and this fool, you can do that. The link is in our show notes. I'm not going to spend a lot more time on it because it is absolutely ridiculous. And they don't deserve, people like AOC don't deserve any more attention than they're already getting. All right. You ready? (laughs) Keep your freaking hands off our kids. Not kidding. A new book pulls back the curtain on public schools' mediocrity, and it's sending parents and students to the exits. Mediocrity is the name of the book. It's subtitled 40 Ways Government Schools Are Failing Today's Students. This is an article from the Daily Signal. The book is written by Connor Boyack and Corey DeAngelis. Uh, Their new book provides a very concise explanation for exactly why Americans have begun leaving the public school system in droves And if you're smart, you will get your kids out of public school. 40 chapters rife with examples of failure paint the American public school system as a catalyst for the exodus to alternative options. Homeschooling is a much preferred option to public schools. Case after case in this new book of sexual abuse, academic inaction, hemorrhaging budgets, political strong-arming, lack of vision. It all showcases a public education environment that is anything but beneficial for your kids. And the best here in what is supposed to be the best nation on earth. Uh, This article is fascinating. It lays out all the troubles and all the problems. They took a lot of time studying and researching and surveying and finding out what was wrong with our public school system. It is an eye-opener. Read the article. If you can, buy the book. Mediocrity, 40 Ways Government Schools Are Failing Today's Students. Like I said, It's an eye-opener. It's not just the U.S., by the way, that has been involved in failing our kids. We talked about uh, suicide and the uh, ability in some places where some legislatures, not necessarily the U.S., I don't know about individual states, but some countries, Canada is one, I think, (coughs) excuse me, well, the uh, Dutch government, I just, I, I can't even believe this is actually a headline. This is beyond me. The Dutch government makes life termina- termination, suicide, available for children as young as one year old. You read that right. One year old. Officials in in the Netherlands are expanding the availability of life termination for children between 1 and 12. This European nation will... I can't even read this. They will soon permit doctors 
to euthanize children deemed to have conditions which will lead to, quote, hopeless and unbearable suffering, according to an announcement from the Dutch government. Officials claim the new policy only concerns a very small group of terminally ill children whose, quote, palliative care options are not sufficient to relieve their suffering and who are expected to die in the foreseeable future. This opens doors that should not only not be opened, but should be shut and locked and bolted and chained. The new policy also seeks to loosen requirements for physicians who attempt to euthanize children. Putting those two words in the same sentence, even. Since they already feel reluctance to perform late termination of pregnancy or termination of life in newborns. The government formally, uh, formerly rather, required doctors to demonstrate before a committee that the administration of assisted suicide in kids occurred with due care. They are now going to consolidate this committee and forward the case to the Public Prosecution Service without medical files, meaning the agency must base any criminal, uh, criminal investigation exclusively on the judgment of the assessment committee. This is... Words escape me. I'm a talk show host. And I don't even have the words for this. This is absolutely beyond the pale. Netherlands, what the hell are you doing? Unbelievable. Hey, uh, I don't think this has happened yet because it's supposed to be going on today. Now, here where I live, today's over. Wednesday is done. But according to this article from Trending Politics News, the link is in our show notes, a whistleblower is supposed to be exposing the U.S. government and their involvement in a massive child trafficking operation happening today. On Wednesday, today, a whistleblower is set to testify in front of a House Judiciary Com- a Subcommittee that the U.S. government has been operating as the middleman in a multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation. The alleged child trafficking, believed to be taking place via the unsecured southern border of the U.S., this subcommittee, Immigration Integrity, Security, and Enforcement, is going to be evaluating the number of unoccupied children crossing the southern border, Uh, during their hearing today. Three witnesses are testifying, which is called the Biden border crisis, exploitation of unaccompanied alien children. And one of those testifying is Tara Lee Rodas, former employee, whistleblower of the Department of Health and Human Services. A copy of her testimony, which Fox News got a hold of, 
details the U.S. government's alleged role in child trafficking at the border, their role in it. Today, children will work, this is a quote, children will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants, to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold for sex. Children will call a hotline to report their being abused, neglected, trafficked. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows. That, according to what Rhodes is supposed to be testifying. She'll cite her work experience at HHS Resettlement Office, argues the U.S. government is operating a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation run by bad actors seeking to profit off the lives of children. Because after all, you know, you don't own your children. Everybody does. The government does. You think I'm kidding? Take a look at this. This from the rotting bag of goo puppet Biden in a speech earlier. Listen up. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Our nation's children are our children. Mm. Our nation's children are our children. Leaking you slowly and pushing you in towards the idea that you don't own your kids. They're owned by the nation, the government. They'll have control. Is that what you want? You remember when that moron Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village to raise a child? Here's what Thomas Sowell had to say about that. Oh, absolutely. The Hill- when Hillary Clinton said, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, uh, you know, someone said it takes a village idiot to believe that. <laughs> uh, you know, what they're saying is they want to come in there and tell them. You see, it's, it's part of the whole thing of third parties wanting to make decisions for which they pay no price when, they, when, when they're wrong. Exactly. Third parties making decisions about your kids, and they pay no price for those decisions. Unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. We got more. Oh, we're not done. Oh, no, we're not done. Uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, okay, here's, here's one for you. This is from a thread and a tweet on Twitter from the group Gays Against Groomers. It's brilliant. Fantastic group of people who are doing everything they can to fight against these groomers. You see this? Again, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, Apple, uh, sorry, go to our Rumble show. You can see the video. You know what these god-awful looking colors are? It's the new YAP flag. You know what YAP stands for? Take a look at this. From Potluck is the post. Happy Alice Day to those who celebrate. 
I figured, why not use today to unveil the new YAP pride flag? YAP stands for Youth Attracted Person. I designed it almost a year ago. I wanted to stray from the oft-used horizontal bar motif, but only a little. I wanted to retain some familiarity. Attraction, this continues with this idiot's post, this groomer pedophile. Attraction is not abuse, and abuse is not love. Love is love. Defy hate. Dismantle systemic oppression. Stand in solidarity against bigotry, against fascism. But never forget that love is love, and you deserve love, especially from yourself. That's what pride means to me. Well, what you are promoting, pal, what that means to me is you need to be arrested and thrown your ass in jail for a very, very long time. This is how they're trying to make this all okay. And this is why groups like Gays Against Groomers are so important in the work that they do. Follow them over on Twitter if you have a Twitter account. It's Gays Against Groomers. Gay or not, straight, whatever it is you might be, there are you do you. But there's a whole lot of folks out there, gay, straight, bi, lesbian, who are completely against, obviously, this kind of pedophilia that is running rampant and using the gay LGB community to try and legitimize themselves. This is sick. This is sick. Yap. Youth-attracted person. No. The other word for that, pal, is pedophile. Stop screwing with our kids. I'm not kidding. There's a few lines you don't cross, and that's one of them. Do not screw with people's kids. I got another video for you. This is a mama bear showed up at a Board of Education meeting. It's a little long, but it's worth the time. Listen to this. My name is Nicole Solis, and I am a mother from Rhode Island who was sued by the teachers union simply because I wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school. And here's how this happened. I asked to see the curriculum, and my school told me I had to submit a public records request. The curriculum wasn't posted online, and it wasn't available in a school district. Then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. And when I did submit the public records request that they told me to submit, and I submitted hundreds because I had hundreds of questions, my school board then put my name on the agenda of a public school board meeting and held a public school board meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the request that they told me to submit. In a five hour long school board meeting, they openly debated my moral character, my political motivations. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry because, as you see, I'm really scary standing here <laughs> right now. And they really just tarred and feathered me for asking questions.
and they had never met me before, and this was the first school board meeting that I had ever been to in my life. They wanted to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions, they will come after you. Well, at the end of this meeting, they decided that they, they wouldn't sue me for asking questions because they never intended on actually suing me. They just wanted to publicly humiliate me in a school board meeting that was a show trial. And when that happened, then the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, the NEA, did file a lawsuit against me to bully me and harass me with frivolous litigation and to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions about public education, they will come after you. Like I said, a bit of a long cut there, but well worth your time. And the kind of crap this mama went through just because she was interested in what her kids were being taught. Nope, we're not done yet. It just keeps going. I cannot believe these stories this week, just in the last couple of days. Bang, bang, bang happened all just that they're all over the news. It's getting worse and it's going to get, forgive the word, worser. From the Daily Signal, look at this headline. In a zeal for transgenderism, here we freaking go again. Two blue states are poised to muscle parents out and get control of their kids. Once upon a time, it was a tragedy to become an orphan. Now, at least in two blue states, it's all the rage. Washington State, both House and Senate, have passed a bill that would allow the State Department of Children, Youth and Families, not the parents, the state, to be the contacts if a child who runs away is trying to get an abortion or transgender medical procedures. Parents have nothing to do with it. You're out of it. The state can be contacted and give permission. It is sitting on Governor Jay Inslee's desk right now. California, no surprise there. A bill would let 12-year-olds, 12-year-olds who can't smoke, who can't drink, who can't own a firearm, who can't do, vote, who can't just do just about anything, who can't get a tattoo. The bill would let 12-year-olds leave home if a mental health professional okays it, and you know they're standing in line to do that. No parent permission required. Zero. Parents don't have to know anything about it. It's passed the state assembly. It is winding its way through the state senate. Now, to be clear, both states currently have legal pathways which help children to get away from abusive parents. Different story, and they are, the laws already are on the books. They exist, of course. These bills are not about situations where it's a dangerous situation for the child to stay in the home with the parents. We have, this is according to Representative Cindy Jacobson in a speech on the floor. She said, we have procedures for the Department of Children, Youth, and Families if children are abused or neglected, or their parents kick them out. What's going on here is not about protecting kids. It is about making sure that any child who wants an abortion, child, 12, 
or transgender medical procedure is allowed to do it without their parents' consent or even knowledge. This article's in our show notes also. I encourage you to check it out and read it. It's, it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. There's more. Uh, you know, I just... I, I, I couldn't fill this whole show with nothing but this topic. But as you can see, we've done, what, 20 minutes or more just on that. It's insane. We're going to break away just a little bit here because we've got other stuff we want to talk about. And that includes uh, one of our sponsors, which is Brickhouse Nutrition. Yes, Brickhouse Nutrition, who are the incredible makers of Field of Greens. And you are going to want to check this out. This is a 100% whole USDA organic fruits and vegetables ground into a great tasty powder, which you can mix into your favorite drink. You can use water, green tea, orange juice, whatever. And you just put this in, you put a scoop in. It tastes great. Look at these flavors. Uh, wild berry, lemon lime, raw. Uh, Field of Greens is a fantastic way to get the fruits and vegetables you need. Look, everybody knows fruits and vegetables are an important part of your diet. You've got got to take your daily intake and it's impossible sometimes you got to go buy them you got to prepare them you got to store them a lot of times by the time you get back to them they've gone off they've rotted this is a way to get them all all the fruits and vegetables you need in a simple tasty good for you daily uh these are not supplements by the way Mm -mm. These are real food, real fruits and vegetables, USDA organic fruits and vegetables. You look on the back of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts because these are real fruits and vegetables. You'll get a great deal. If you use our link, you'll find it in the show notes below for Brickhouse Nutrition. Click on that link, check them out, look at all their great products they've got over there at Brickhouse Nutrition and uh, get you a really cool deal if you head over to Brickhouse and uh, find out more. All right, that's Brickhouse Nutrition. Thank you, folks, for helping to sponsor the show. Here's another one for you from Axios. <laughs> Love this one. Reverse ATMs. Yep, we're talking about digital currency again. Here we freaking go. Reverse ATMs, huh? They take bills and dispense cards as more and more and more stores go cashless. It's happening. And you are going to get it shoved down your throat, whether you like it or not, unless you do something right now. Not next week, not next month, not next year. Right freaking now to stop it. And I'm not even sure it isn't probably too late. Stores and restaurants attempt to go cashless. They're installing what are called reverse ATMs. You put in the money, it spits you out a card, and you can go shopping with it. More businesses are getting rid of cash. Trend accelerated by the pandemic, of course. States and cities are also passing laws, banning them from doing so in deference to people who don't have bank accounts or credit cards. Yes, a lot of people do not. 
Handling cash, a hassle for retailers, problems including theft, constant runs to the bank. Yes, so, you know, not doing anything about solving the crime problem. (laughs) Unbelievable. They're known as cash-to-card kiosks, quickly becoming installed in all kinds of venues. So if you only have cash, you can go right to the front door, you pump in your cash, and you get a card, and then there you go. Amusement parks, casinos, sports stadiums taking the lead. Reverse ATMs have been installed at most Major League Baseball and National Football League parks. Cashless attractions like Hershey Park, Six Flags, water parks. A competitive business as a partner business developer at WaveTech, a Toronto-based company. They sell the reverse uh, ATMs. Cash carries a lot of friction, right? No. Many venues are willing to pay for the machines because, for them, the bigger pain point is taking the cash. See? Again, they're trying to sell it as, oh, it's, it's good for everyone. It's for the convenience. It'll make your life easier. The next thing you know, welcome to your central bank digital currency, whether you like it or not. It just, we said it on this show. We said it a year ago. All right. A couple more here. Reclaim the net. Great article. Check it out. It's in our show notes. Hearing to look at how FISA surveillance laws have become weaponized against you and I as Americans. On Thursday... This tomorrow, the House Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing on weaponization against Americans of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. That's FISA. You've heard of the FISA courts, of course. They allow surveillance of foreigners considered a threat to national security. But it's also been accused of being used against U.S. citizens. No surprise there. The hearings notice says the hearing fixing FISA, how a law designated to protect Americans has been weaponized against them, will examine the FBI's abuses of its Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act authorities. It discusses the FBI's failure to implement meaningful reforms to prevent its abuses hmm. and addresses the broad issue of warrantless mass surveillance on American citizens. There's a copy of the notice about the hearing. It's going on tomorrow. You should follow this. Don't think this doesn't affect you. It does, and it will, and it will only get worse. It is a nightmare not not waiting to happen. It is a nightmare that's happening right now. One more, and then we're going to move on to our book. It's again from Reclaim the Net, and it's a head shaker. Are you <laughs> talking about surveillance? A UK minister has called for tech executives to be jailed if they ignore censorship demands. So let me get this right. 
somebody in the government, UK, US, wherever, Germany, somebody in the government says, we want this censored. Big tech executives, let's say Elon Musk, says, double-barreled middle finger to you, pal. We're not doing that. The UK minister has said, throw him in jail. Look at this idiot. Technology and Science Secretary Michelle Dunnellan recommended jail time for social media bosses who refuse to remove harmful content from their platforms. They don't define harmful, of course, because harmful is whatever we don't like today. The bill would give broadcasting regulators Ofcom regulatory authority over social media platforms. They're required to censor all forms of expression, this is a quote, which spread, incite, promote, or justify hatred. There's that milk toast nebulous doesn't mean a goddamn thing word. Based on protected characteristics like race, religion, gender, disability, and gender identity. So, like I said, government demands these big tech platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, rumble, censor content. Folks like Elon Musk or Chris here at Rumble says, not happening, go pound sand. They arrest you and they send you to jail. This is how far these idiots are going. And they're serious about it. Dangerous times, my friends. Dangerous, dangerous times. Unbelievable. Read the whole article. It's in our show notes tonight. It's right down below there. Check it out. By the way, while you're here, right over there is a follow button. If I could just ask you a small favor, just click that button. Costs nothing, absolutely free. And uh, it helps the show out a lot. Just to check it out, it's right over right there follow button on rumble and we appreciate it all right it's time to move on to our book if you didn't know you're gonna know now we read books on this show we've been reading show uh, books from almost the very beginning we've done all the classic children's books the wizard of oz peter pan alice in wonderland the little prince uh, we've done a million of them a lot of books we've gone through we've been doing white fang and we're almost at the end just a, another chapter or so to go and we're going to be done with white fang then from a suggestion of one of our viewers we are going to start george orwell's 1984 i'm so excited i cannot wait for that as soon as white fang is done this book white fang is a classic of course it's first published back in 1906 it's written by jack london and it has been an amazing book i by the way i don't read these ahead i read them cold right here on the air live so i discover it as you discover it and i think that's part of the fun encourage your kids to read please that's why we do this because we want you're, we want you to read, but we want you to get your kids to read, too. It's important. It can be fun. And by the way, studies have shown if you just can't get a book in their hands and get them to crack it open or their Kindle or whatever, read to them. 
has the same effect as if they read themselves. Or if you want, you can drag them in here to the last half of our show every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where we read uh, these books. So let's move on over here to White Fang and continue on with the story. Also, White Fang had early come to differentiate between family and the servants of the household. The latter were afraid of him while he merely refrained from attacking them. This because he considered that they were likewise possessions of the master. Between White Fang and them existed a, a neutrality, and no more. They cooked for the master, washed the dishes, did other things, just as Matt had done up in the Klondike. They were, in short, appurtenances of the household. Outside of the household, there was even more for White Fang to learn. The master's domain was wide, complex, yet it had its meets and bounds. The land itself ceased at the county road. Outside was the common domain of all gods, the roads and streets. And then inside other fences were the particular domains of other gods. A myriad laws governed all these things and determined conduct, yet he didn't know the speech of the gods, nor was there any way for him to learn, save by experience. He obeyed his natural impulses until they ran him counter to some law, and when this had been done a few times, he learned the law, and after that, observed it. But most potent in his education was the cuff of the master's hand, the censure of the master's voice. Because of White Fang's very great love, a cuff from the master hurt him far more than any beating Grey Beaver or Beauty Smith had ever given him. They'd hurt only the flesh of him. Beneath the flesh, the spirit still raged, splendid, invincible. But with the master, the cuff was always too light to hurt the flesh. Yet, it went deeper. It was an expression of the master's disapproval. White Fang's spirit wilted under it. Point of fact, the cuff was rarely administered. The master's voice was sufficient. By it, White Fang knew whether he'd done right or not. By it, he trimmed his conduct and adjusted his actions. It was the compass by which he steered and learned to chart the manners of a new land and a new life. In the Northland, the only domesticated animal was the dog. All other animals lived in the wild and were, when not too formidable, lawful spoil for any dog. All his days, White Fang had foraged among the live things for food. It, it didn't enter his head that in the Southland it was otherwise. But this he was to learn early in his residence in Santa Clara Valley. Sauntering around the corner of the house in the early morning, he came upon a chicken that had escaped from the chicken yard. White Fang's natural impulse was to eat it. A couple of bounds, flash of teeth, frightened squawk, and he had scooped in the adventurous fowl. It was farm-bred, fat, tender, and White Fang licked his chops and decided that such fare was good. Later in the day, he chanced upon another stray chicken near the stables. 
One of the grooms ran to the rescue. He didn't know White Fang's breed, so for a weapon, he took a light buggy whip. At the first cut of the whip, White Fang left the chicken for the man. A club might have stopped White Fang, but not a whip. Silently, without flinching, he took a second cut in his forward rush, and as he leaped for the throat, the groom cried out, My God! and staggered backwards. He dropped the whip, shielded his throat with his arms. In consequence, his forearm was ripped open to the bone. The man was badly frightened. It wasn't so much White Fang's ferocity as it was his silence that unnerved the groom. Still, protecting his throat and face with his torn and bleeding arm, he tried to retreat to the barn it would have gone hard with him had not Collie appeared on the scene. As she has saved Dick's life, she now saved the groom's. She rushed upon White Fang in frenzied wrath. She'd been right. She had known better than the blundering gods. All her suspicions were justified. Here was the ancient marauder up to his old tricks again. The groom escaped into the stables. White Fang backed away before Collie's wicked teeth or presented his shoulder to them and circled round and round. But Collie didn't give over, as was her wont after a decent interval of chastisement. On the contrary, she grew more excited and angry every moment until, in the end, White Fang flung dignity to the winds and frankly fled away from her across the fields. He'll learn to leave the chickens alone, the master said, but I can't give him the lesson till I catch him in the act. Two nights later came the act, but on a more generous scale than the master had anticipated. White Fang had observed closely the chicken yards and the habits of the chickens. In the night time, after they'd gone to roost, he'd climbed to the top of a pile of newly hauled lumber. From there, he gained the roof of a chicken house, passed over the ridgepole, dropped to the ground inside, and a moment later, he was inside the chicken house, and the slaughter began. In the morning, when the master came out to the porch, fifty white leghorn hens, laid out in a row by the groom, greeted his eyes. He whistled to himself softly, first with surprise, and then at the end with admiration. His eyes were likewise greeted by White Fang, but about the latter there were no signs of shame nor guilt. He carried himself with pride, as though, forsooth, he had achieved a deed praiseworthy and meritorious. He, there was about him no consciousness of sin. The master's lips tightened as he faced the disagreeable task. Then he talked harshly to the unwitting culprit. In his voice there was nothing but godlike wrath. Also he held White Fang's nose down to the slain hens, and at the same time cuffed him soundly. White Fang never raided another chicken roost again. It was against the law, and he'd learned it. Then the master took him into the chicken yards, 
White Fang's natural impulse when he saw the live food fluttering about him and under his very nose was to spring upon it. He obeyed the impulse, but was checked by the master's voice. They continued in the yards for half an hour. Time and again the impulse surged over White Fang, and each time, as he yielded to it, it was checked by the master's voice. Thus it was, he learned the law, and ere he left the domain of the chickens, he had learned to ignore their existence. You can never cure a chicken killer, Judge Scott shook his head sadly at the luncheon table when his son narrated the lesson he'd given White Fang. Once they got the habit and the taste of blood, again he shook his head sadly. But Wheaton Scott didn't agree with his father. I tell you what, he challenged the family. I'll lock White Fang in with the chickens all afternoon. But think of the chickens, objected the judge. And furthermore, the son went on, for every chicken he kills, I'll pay you one dollar gold coin of the realm. But you should penalize father, too, imposed Beth. Her sister seconded her, and choruses of approval arose from all around the table. Judge Scott nodded his head in agreement. All right, Wheaton Scott pondered for a moment. And if, at the end of the afternoon, White Fang has not harmed a single chicken, for every ten minutes of time he spent in the yard, you will have to say to him gravely and with deliberation, just as if you were sitting on the bench and solemnly passing judgment, White Fang, you are smarter than I thought. From hidden points of vantage, the family watched the performance, but it was a fizzle. Locked in the yard, and there deserted by the master, White Fang lay down and went to sleep. Once he got up, walked over to the trough for a drink. The chickens he calmly ignored. So far as he was concerned, they did not exist. At four o'clock, he executed a running jump, gained the roof of the chicken house, and leaped to the ground outside. Whence he sauntered gravely to the house. He'd learned the law, and on the porch, before the delighted family, Judge Scott, face to face with White Fang, said slowly, solemnly, sixteen times, White Fang, you are smarter than I thought. But it was the multiplicity of laws that befuddled White Fang and often brought him to disgrace. He had to learn he must not touch the chickens that belonged to other gods. There were cats, rabbits, turkeys. All these he must let alone. In fact, where he had put partly learned the law, his impression was that he must leave all live things alone. Out in the back pasture, a quail could flutter up under his nose unharmed. All tense and trembling with eagerness and desire, he mastered his instincts and stood still. He was obeying the will of the gods. And then one day, again, out in the back pasture, he saw Dick start a jack jackrabbit and run it. The master himself was looking on and didn't interfere. The master himself encouraged White Fang to join in the chase. 
and thus he learned there was no taboo on jackrabbits. In the end, he worked out the complete law. Between him and all domestic animals, there must be no hostilities. If not amity, at least neutrality must obtain. But the other animals, the squirrels, quail, cottontails, creatures of the wild who never yielded allegiance to man, they were the lawful prey of any dog. It was only the tame the gods protected. The gods held the power of life death over their subjects, and the gods were jealous of their power. Life was complex in the Santa Clara Valley after the simplicity of the Northlands, and the chief thing demanded by these intricacies of civilization was control, restraint, a pose of self that was as delicate as the fluttering of gossamer wings, and at the same time as rigid as steel. Life had a thousand faces. <laughs> All right, we'll finish up that chapter again coming up on our Friday night live stream here in White Fang, Jack London's 1906 book classic. Coming up after we get done with White Fang, which is just going to be a few streams from now, we will start George Orwell's 1984. Fantastic. Hey, thanks so much for joining in tonight. Really appreciate it. Don't forget, please, there's a little follow button over here. You just give it a click. We really appreciate it. Costs you nothing. Takes no time at all and helps out the show a lot. All of our sponsors are listed in our show notes. Find it yourself some great deals on NordVPN, Brickhouse Nutrition, Skillshare. They're all there. And, of course, the Jay Sheldon Show merchandise. You can get some uh, coffee mugs and hoodies and T-shirts and our art gallery, too. Check that out. It's very cool. All right. See you again on Friday. Thanks for popping in. Appreciate it. This has been the... Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody. Snort. <laughs>